Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's talking about the Cavaliers in and out as they get back to go on the floor tomorrow night against Orlando here at home and uh, start the last third of the season. So um, a lot of the questions that we've been talking about with the Cavaliers are just kind of like what we're seeing on the floor, what we're expecting uh, for this last third of the season. But now I ask this question, and I, I don't know that there's an answer for this right now because I there's such a difference between playing in the regular season and knowing that you can play a team five, seven times in a series, right? And knowing that that is something that could be ahead of you because series just look so much different than playing in the regular season. But are the Cavs now in a better place to win a playoff series than they were last year? Jeff? They better be, and I think they are. You've played together for a, you know, a year. You've had more time to gel as a team. The coaching staff has had more time to figure out how to make this team work, how to get the most out of this crew. Oddly enough, I think it took injuries to two of the top guys for them to really figure out the best way to do it, which I don't quite understand. All I know is I'm glad they got there, finally. But I, I think Jared Allen is a more confident offensive player, probably out of necessity, Andy, because they needed him. He's always had that. But I, I think the Cavs have figured out, hey, you know, he can do this, which Jared's known forever. But I, I think I think he can be a, a bigger help to you. I think Evan Mobley is better. I mean, it, it, it only goes to think that as a guy gets a little older, he learns more about the NBA game and improves as a basketball player. I think we're seeing that with Evan. Uh, Darius, if he's if he's healthy, and no reason to think he's not, you know, with the, the jaw and all that, right. it shouldn't affect him. Mm -hmm. um, he should be even better as the season goes on. And Donovan Mitchell's one of the best players in the league. I don't think he's top three or four, three or four or five, but he's one of the better players in the league. So they should be better served as a playoff team. Now, that's all theory. Until you get on the court and play in a playoff game and show that you can play playoff basketball better than you did last year, then it's all just theory. I'll buy what you're saying. I'll add one more point here that, you know, I think – Having to live here all season and have to think about what happened with the Knicks last year uh, is definitely a, a high motor motivator, I should say, for the Cavaliers going into this thing this year and what they do down the stretch here. And, you know, we talked yesterday about how it's kind of an awkward end of the season, especially with a big road trip out west. And then you, you end the season with three games at home. And who knows what those will be worth? And you don't know. Can the Cavaliers still sit 
in the number two spot and hold on to that number two spot? I I don't know. I don't know what they're I, I know that winning eighteen out of twenty is extremely difficult to do in the NBA and to continue to win at that rate, I think is highly improbable. I don't care who you're playing. I mean, you're gonna run into back to backs, you're gonna run into being on the road, you know, late in the season. You're gonna run into things that that make it tough. But hey, you know, again, you play five hundred basketball, look where you are down the stretch. I'm not saying that that gets you ready for the playoffs. But I feel way more confident in the Cavaliers going to the playoffs this year than I did a year ago. Why? Um, I, I think they did make little tweaks, and I know we we might disagree on this, but they made tweaks to make the roster a little bit better. I, Maybe I the players are playing better. I think they're deeper. Yeah, and I, I think the experience factor is important. I think knowing what happened to them last year and not letting that happen again is going to be important. Now, who are they going to land in the playoffs? I, I don't know at this point. Like, if it was a natural playoff and you didn't have the play-in tournament, I believe it'd be Miami they would come out with right now. Was it seven? One, the one thing about the roster tweaks and all that, though though it's true and though I do think their roster is, is better than it was and deeper, um, when they needed to, George Niang, Max Drews' attitude all season, that's mm-hmm. been helpful. Sam Merrill can flat-out shoot it. They're not the reason that you could be a better playoff team. And if they're the reason you win a playoff series, I'd be stunned. The reason you're going to win a playoff series is because your star players get the job done. Yeah. And that means Garland, Mitchell, Mobley, Allen. I, and maybe I'm just, you know, a little melancholy thinking about how you watch the growth of a franchise that, you know, was at the bottom that worked its way up to, you know, it took a little longer than we thought. But winning a championship, and even when I go back and think about LeBron, you know, 1.0, and the rise of the Cavaliers at that point, I, and you know, you can sit here and debate how the roster looked like, blah 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 blah. But it took a win like the one against Detroit in that first run for LeBron that kind of set the stage for expectations for the rest of his, you know, rest of his future. I think back to losing that series against Orlando in his first run. Like they never should have lost that series, and we would have. That had, is correct. And we would have had, you know, LeBron against Kobe, right? I'm, I'm telling you, still uh, one of the coolest things ever was when they beat Detroit. Yeah, and got to the NBA Finals. But to, wasn't that San Antonio? That that's like, I would almost put that as, uh, like the Jeff Phelps process coming to fruition. You know that, like in that, yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly that's what the that ultimate was. goal of the process. Because if you take a look at that team, you know, it didn't have a ton around it. This team has much more talent than that team had. I do, but I also think you need that learning curve, like getting smoked by the Knicks last year, to understand what it takes and how different things are going to be in the playoffs and what the level of expectation needs to be. But you also have to marry that with why you were successful during the regular season. And I think, you know, players understanding their roles and players not, players staying, you know, I don't want to say in the box, but players who. Um, are kind of staying in their lane to know how you won 18 out of 20 against various teams has to come back into play when you're hitting the playoffs. And then you got to be able to figure out how to do it night after night. That, that, you know, the Knicks figured it out and went forward. And then we watched them in the next round of the playoffs. And you're like, ah, why didn't we beat those guys? You know, it's, we can sit here and think about it all day. Andy, we can talk about it all day. You just never know what's going to happen when you get into a playoff environment, you know, where where a team can focus in on 
the same, you know, same thing game after game after game. And the Knicks did a great job of that against the Cavs last year. I don't know how that's going to go this year. You know, I, I think the Cavs have a ton of talent. And you know what I think of Mitchell. Mm-hmm. You know what I think of Mobley. And I, I think Jared Allen is, is terrific. And Darius is an extremely talented guard. They could do some big things this year. And maybe they lose in the first round. I, I have no idea. I just know they have a lot of talent on this team. And if they put it together... I think you could get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I do. I really do. I think they have that kind of talent. I don't think they're the best team in the East. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Uh, let's go to Andy, North Homestead. Hi, Andy. Hi, Andy. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, good, good. How are you? Hey, good. Uh, hey, you know what? Moving forward, very confident that we're going to keep the two seed. And I think, Jeff and Andy, the one thing I'm going to be watching are how J.B. tinkers with his uh, rotations. And just to let, uh, give, you, uh, give you an example, um, I, want, I would love to see, because, you know, every coach loves stops. You guys know that. It's the coach in me as well. Right. I, I want to see a lineup with Donovan at the one at some time during the game, not starting necessarily. Isaac at the two, Wade at the three, and up front, obviously, Mobley and Allen. That's an up-and-down switchable team. Uh, Dean and Isaac have been shooting it well. They need to shoot it with confidence. Donovan defensively is a lot better at one than he is at two because Donovan with the size has trouble when he switches on to threes. Uh, so I, I just hope that JB trusts his depth, you guys. And Jeff, as always, you stole my thunder. Donovan and Darius must play well, unlike last year. So uh, th- that's my comment for today. I'd love to hear what you think about uh, my killer stopping uh, lineup. Andy, thank, thank you. you Andy. I, I love the length of that lineup. You know, I you, you can't ignore the fact that the NBA big guys seem to have an advantage. I'm I'm just throwing that out there. Dean, I think Dean Wade is a really interesting piece there, and and the key to the whole thing. Look how well the role player guys played when Donovan Mitchell was orchestrating everything. You know. A, the Cavs needed those guys to step up because, you know, at that point your scoring options were Donovan and Jarrett because you didn't have Evan and you didn't have Darius. So the Cavs needed them to step up. They did step up, and who set them up? Donovan Mitchell. Right. So, Andy, I, I, I think that's an interesting lineup to use from time to time. I like Donovan at the point guard for the reasons you said, and I, I think he – I think he really orchestrates really well. Uh, Dan, Why, well the other thought to it, sure. real quick. Yeah. And th- this is this is where JB Bickerstaff has to figure everything out. You know, I think Darius is a really good point guard, but we saw Donovan Mitchell during this stretch, did we not? Was was he phenomenal? Why would you take the ball out of his hands? I, I, he's better than Darius, and I think Darius is really good. But I just saw that, and I thought, man, why would you take the ball out of Donovan's hands? So it's 
JB's got to figure that out and make it all work. It's why he's it's why he's the head coach. And I think the Indy they've done a nice job of doing that since everybody came back. Now, can Don can Darius be okay with not scoring as much, with not shooting as much? Because that's been the case since he came back. Or can they figure out how to keep winning like they have with Darius taking the normal number of shots he normally would and scoring about the same number of points? It's a great situation because it's it's pluses all the way around, but you've got to make it work if that's if you're going to go that way. Either way, you've got to make something work. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.